welcome back, sports fans. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Controversial You. I'm your host, David Douglas, and I'm here again with my boys, Mike and Jay. If you listened in last time, you should understand a little bit about what we do around here. We're going to be taking a look at some of the most controversial calls, plays, games, and sports. Uh, Mike and Jay will have a little heated back and forth. I'll mediate, and at the end of which, I'll declare one of them a winner, hand them the crown, and they'll have bragging rights till the next episode. Last time, we went over Clemson versus Pitt and Michigan versus Ohio State, both games in 2016 that had a big impact on the college football season. Jay was the victor of that round. And we followed it up, actually, with a little Super Bowl prediction. Who was going to win, what the overall score was going to be. Mike actually walked away with that one. So you got your redemption there at the end. Mike, how does that feel? Yeah, it feels great to be a champion. Being a Clemson fan, I know what that feeling is like. uh, So I can just add this to the trophy case. And Dave, you know, I was telling you a couple minutes ago, I need a formal introduction, especially coming off a big win with my predictions to the Super Bowl. If you bet it on the game, I made you money. First of all, you're welcome. Um, but, you know, kind of like the not movie Night's Tale. Yeah, not on the other, but on the other two. But kind of like the Night's Tale where he does a formal five-minute introduction before the medieval event. Um, you know, I kind of need a, a like grand introduction squad? like you know, this. You squad? Is that so what you Dave, mean? So, Dave, can you please uh, work on that for me? Dave, don't Now, get, something don't like Flavor Flav would work, and I think you could pull that off great, Jay. Dave, don't. Don't give him a hype squad, please. But for real, work on that. Work on that introduction. I mean, you could get, you could do a little bit better okay. on that big D. Dirty Mike and the boys. That's not happening. So tying this into the Super Bowl, um, I was two to three on our bets. I got the Patriots win correctly, even though I guessed the score of twenty-eight twenty-four. I did guess them to win. I also had the spread correct. The Patriots were favored to win by three, uh, so that was a win for me. But I did, however get the under incorrect. I believe it was 58 whenever the lines closed. Closed it. I got it in as the under. You got it in as the over. Uh, So you won that. Um, Do you have any thoughts? Yeah. uh, I have a lot of thoughts. And I don't think that – okay, so you got the Patriots win and you got the minus three and everything, but that whole game, goodness. I mean, you had to feel like you were going to lose some money on that game. I mean, the whole game up until the fourth quarter, you had to feel like you are going to lose some money, right? I legit felt like Tom was going to come back the whole entire game. Did you seriously feel that you way? You remember how even I when, referenced Giselle last week? Even when they didn't show – speaking of Giselle, they didn't show Giselle until the fourth quarter. You know that, right? And they showed her like six times after that. So if you're going to reference that, I mean, that's fine. But Hey, still. a man with Giselle <laughs> – Okay. Man with his hell is no loser. Hey, uh, let, let's, let's speak on Danny Amendola's girlfriend. But your boy won the game, though. Uh, he did win the game. A couple, couple calls went his way. Couple and the Pats haters are you know, pretty much here to stay, and I feel for you. Because the Patriots aren't going anywhere. I don't Garoppolo's like- going to come in where Brady left off here probably about two or three years. You know, Mother Nature they has to catch to up contract? with Brady at some point. Did they sign him to a contract? Garoppolo? Yeah. I think they're thinking about trading him. Okay. But, uh, you know, they're going to get rid of Amendola. They're going to get rid of Edelman. They're going to draft uh, Ryan Switzer this year out of North Carolina. Next year, they're going to draft Hunter Renfro. Okay. They're going to substitute Garoppolo in there, and they're going to be rocking and rolling for the next couple of years. All right, I'll give you this. All right, this is what I'll say, and this, is, this will be the end of my Patriot hating. A couple calls went their way. A couple pass interference calls. Last drive where they tied it up and got two points. A couple pass interference calls went their way. We'll move past that. It was 
second half was an awesome, awesome game to watch. I will say that. But after watching Clemson-Alabama National Championship, you really can't compete with that. I mean, they're talking about it like it's the best Super Bowl ever. And it's yeah, like the championships all throughout the year in every sporting I mean, event yeah, have been phenomenal. Okay, Villanova, North Carolina, all that good stuff was awesome. But, I mean, this game felt like a blowout from the get-go. It really did. For Until three quarters, it was. So, and I loved it because everybody was talking about the Pats and just saying how they were just going to dominate the entire time. 28-3, to three, I mean, how do you come back from that? So, I will give it to Tom Brady. Let it be known. I'll give it to Tom Brady. I'll give it to Bill Belichick. They won the game in absolutely the most dramatic fashion I think I've ever seen a Super Bowl play out. Uh, do you have any comment on um, me calling you crazy for predicting the Falcons were going to score 38 points? Because I would love to get your thoughts on that. I'm not crazy. I, I, I definitely wasn't feeling crazy at 28 to three going into halftime, and then and they hadn't had an they haven't had a touchdown period until the end of the third quarter. I believe. So talk to me about the you know you picked the Falcons you know so talk yeah. to me a little bit about that play calling going on in the second half. Per my prediction, Julio Jones is an absolute animal. I think we can both. So you predicted agree bad play that. calling. I didn't predict bad play calling. Period. No. But I think we can both agree that Julio Jones is an absolute animal. And those two catches that he had were Monster. completely ridiculous. And should have won Atlanta the game. Should have freaking kicked a field goal. He Why young do you drop Mike back? Williams. All right, get into the first play. Why do you drop back to pass on the 35 in field goal range on third down? No clue. What, what were you thinking? No clue. I think he was just you know trying to shine out as a play caller. Um, you know, if you're a fan of the L.A. Rams, you kind of don't know what to think right now because you're getting a young coach. Um, you really don't know where he's at right now. If you're a fan and they go on to win the Super Bowl in that fashion, you're feeling great about them. Um, mm-hmm. But the the way that they lost, especially uh, with most of the weight being on his shoulders with the play calling, um, especially with five minutes to go in that game, uh, not running when they were in field goal position and ended up losing the game, um, you know, mainly to me sits on his shoulders. So if you're a fan of the L.A. Rams, I don't know what you're thinking right now. But to me, he's a young guy, um, stud of a dude. You know, looks like, honestly, you know, no homo is what we're, what we're saying. But, you know, this guy can coach, but I think he was trying to do too much, and I think he was trying to have too much of the shine trying to pass to win the game. Do you think they tried to make a statement in that game? Yes, I think he was trying to make a statement. Yeah. I think, he's gone. And I you think know, Sark's there anything now. other than a two-year coach like Dan Quinn – would have overrode his young offensive coordinator, and Dan Quinn should have done that, and he deserves some blame too. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. It's a two-year coach, but, you know, you can't really – why do you pick up – here's my thing. Why do you pick up Steve Sarkeesian? Why do you pick up him? Why is that your first – I thought that was a bad hire. My roommate, you, he's a he's a big-time Falcons fan, so I'm so glad they won the Super Bowl or <laughs> lost the Super Bowl, that is, especially in the Fal- – you, know, uh, you know, the fashion that they did. Um but yeah, he's uh he's a big times Falcons fan. But um yeah, that was all in the same too. He had a he had a tryout with um Nick Saban and that didn't work out. <laughs> now he's at the Falcons, which I guess that offensive coordinator's tryout didn't work out too well. Yeah, I don't know why they hired him. But on paper, you can't tell me that Matt Ryan and the Falcons looked like the team to beat. Well, on the field, they look like a team to beat. Absolutely. I mean, you, you you can't tell me that lining up with 
outside of Tom Brady and LeGarrette Blunt, those two are absolute studs. Outside of that, you can't tell me lining up against Sanu, um, um, what's his name? What's the, what's the other guy? Gabriel. Yeah, Gabriel, and then there's – And then Julio. And then Julio. You can't tell me – And then me also it. they like to pass the ball out of Coleman, too, in the back. Yeah, exactly. You can't tell me with those two running backs and that set of wide receivers that on paper and on the field, this doesn't look like <laughs> little giants. I mean, it doesn't <laughs> – to be, to reference an old oh that's an oldie, I actually saw that recently. That's a really good movie. But you can't tell me that on paper that didn't look like the absolute team to beat. And then out of nowhere, uh, a Hunter Renfro like player comes out, Danny Amendola, and who was um, for the Patriots? It was James White making all the plays. James White is a beast, I'll and he should have been Super Bowl MVP. But they're not going to. You know, denied Tom Brady. What do you think about those old T-Rus? Because I completely think they need to redo with those. Well, outside of – this is the most controversial thing outside of of the couple pass interference calls that we'll just kind of look past because, I mean, five Super Bowl rings is kind of hard to argue with. Like three or four you can argue with, but the fifth one where you win it in – Overtime, the first overtime in NFL, like it's kind of hard to argue. Like, oh, a couple, pl- a couple pass interference calls. So, I will give it to you. Your previous argument, where you said that we can't blame refs for the game, those were contra- a couple controversial calls. But the OT rules, absolutely one hundred percent, need to be changed. Yes, I think they need to do it like they do in college. Um, I believe in college, it's on the thirty or thirty-five. I should know it's that twenty-five. 25? Yeah, I think 25. it's a little further than that. No, it's 25. Well, I should know that. Well, in the NFL, they need to put it at the 40, and they need yeah. to do it exactly how college does it. Instead of the third overtime in college where you have to go for two after a touchdown, I would reduce that and make that after two. Um, okay. So if you tie uh, the first possession of overtime, then the second possession, you have to try to convert a two-point conversion. You put it on the 40-yard um, line. You make it more competitive. You don't end games with uh, ties, and it makes it a more fun Super Bowl because college football is the best overtime to me that we have in sports. I can agree with that. I can agree with that the college overtime is much more attractive, but you knew that game was over as soon as the Patriots won the, won the coin toss, right? I mean, Brady had too much swag at that yeah, point. Yeah, hot offense that just got done tying the ball game up, and you're going to put them back out on the field. If Falcons, if Falcons get that, I mean, arguably they might score a field goal, might score a touchdown with that offense. I mean, you can never guess, but you weren't stopping Brady. Oh, I know that, but I'm saying that at least give them a chance. Like, what do you? It, there needs to be an option. I 100% agree. There needs to be a review of this where there needs to be an option where both teams get a possession. That's a, that's a huge thing. And, and if, it doesn't need to be one of these things where it takes them two years in boardrooms to make a change. They need oh to make no. the change next God, year. Doesn't that just piss you off? I wonder if Dave has any hot takes on this. I'm sure he does. Probably sizzling hot. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, how, how funny was it to see Roger Goodell hand the trophy to Tom Brady, though? Yeah, that was hilarious. I was hoping Tom would take a little, uh, you know, jab at him, which he did on one of his commercials. I can't remember which one it was. Their defensive coordinator was wearing that clown Goodell shirt, getting off the plane. That was pretty hysterical. I remember that. Um, yeah, that is from Barstool Sports. Yep. Shout out to them because I do have a uh, tank top from them. Yep. With uh, Friday Night Lights, Riggins Riggs. <laughs> yes. Big fan Old of the Riggins. show. Oh Riggins, oh Riggins, I love that show. Now. 
let's get let's get back to the OT rules because I think that is pr- outside of outside of just the Falcons play calling just falling apart in the second half that decided the game. Yes, because once the, the ball got in Tom Brady's hands after that much momentum, a uh, swing players. by both teams, you knew they were going to win. I, let's take it off players. I understand that Tom Brady's great. I will give him all the credit in the world, even though I hate him. Period. I'll give him all the credit in the world. Let's take it off players. OT rules need to be absolutely reshaped, reformed to where both teams gets get an even shot. But you kind of got to love it a little bit. You love it at times because you love it when Tim Tebow throws a slant across slant across the. 50-yard line, and Demarius Thomas takes it 50 yards to the house for the first touch. For the first, um, well, you don't love that play, and you don't love the OT rules if you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan in that absolutely situation. Absolutely not. But still, like you kind of love it for that factor. But in the other times, like when it gets to situations like a Super Bowl, neither team. I mean, the only team that had a chance once the coin toss was done was the Patriots. And that's that's the, gotta that's the, be that's a bad feeling. It's gotta be a bad feeling for your team knowing they're not going to receive the ball again um, during such a big game. Whenever the game was tied, going into overtime, and your team doesn't even have a chance to win, um, I would think you, it's pretty obvious. The would you say that? Change. Would you say that Atlanta's defense played well pretty much the entire game? Uh, no. When do you when do you think they started playing bad? Whenever James White started dropping a hundred something yards and three touchdowns on them, the last quarter and a half their defense got tired. Um, I think their lack of death started playing off. You know they got okay, young so players, but they the start and they were playing a, a lot. Um, Grady Jarrett was the only one getting any kind of defense, five and that's no surprise at all because he comes five from Clemson. Sacks. You sure about five? That's got to be reckoned. Five sacks total on Tom Brady. So where I mean. It's got. It all comes back to the offense. The offensive, co- the play calls were terrible. No, Brady was doing his thing. I okay. The fourth take quarter. Take, all, the fourth right. quarter. First okay, half he played quarter. like crap. Okay, first half he played. Yeah, like the crap. pick six. I believe okay, he had a fumble so, too. Okay, so give it to Atlanta's defense that they played. They played well for the first half and most of the third quarter. Until, so then give it to Brady for coming back and balling okay, out the, the last fourth. quarter. I get that, but when your offense is not doing anything, when your offense is scoring, it's easy for your defense to be good. So it all comes back to the offense and the play calling. So you change that, you've still got a fresh defense. Somebody gets a rest for five minutes. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, Greg Jarrett did play out of his mind. I've, you know, he, To he me, what the Falcons needed to get rid of is Matt Ryan. You think they get rid of the MVP of the league? Don't like him. You don't like him because his son's favorite player is Luke Keekley? <laughs> I did say that, didn't I? No, no, he, uh, he's got a water pistol of an arm. Um, he got really lucky this year. Oh my they got really God. lucky this year, okay? They found some good defensive players. Um, Muhammad Sanu balled out for the okay. first time in his entire life. Uh, Devontae Freeman and you know Tevin Coleman both showed their you know number one running backs in the league. They just happened to be on the same team at the same time through the good draft. So you're saying um, MVP so I just think of a bunch of good pieces. Problem. You're saying MVP of the NFL is the problem. That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Yes. Did you see how goofy he looked when he fumbled that ball in the fourth quarter? He's trying to throw a pass. You can't help it that a defender. He did not make one play in the second half to do anything for him in the ball game. The throw he made to Julio Jones that was all in the catch. That was only to where his receiver could get it. 
No, that was a terrible throw. That was over, a great catch. O- over the defender, it was a great catch. Yeah, I'll give you that. But You know who I'd rather have on my team than Matt Ryan? Tom Brady. No, Cam Newton. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Of course I'd rather have Tom Brady. Cam Newton that that was actually in the Falcons league that – Lost to the Falcons. The guy that won the MVP before Matt Ryan could. In that about didn't win a Super Bowl. Five years less, that too. didn't win a Super Bowl. He will, so. though. He did the same thing Matt Ryan did. He got to a Super Bowl. He's won okay. the NFC he South more than Matt Bowl. Ryan. Matt Ryan at least scored in a Super Bowl. Listen, this isn't about Cam, former MVP. Okay, this is about the current MVP. Three-time NFC South current champion. One-time NFC champion. Current MVP. Don't blame... Don't blame a problem that's in the system. So you like ride or die Matt Ryan over here? I'm not like ride or die Matt Ryan. I'm just saying give the guy a little bit of credit. He's a dang MVP of the league. I mean, I would say he's probably like okay, number so like 12. In quarterbacks? In quarterbacks, I'd rather 12? have. 12? Yeah. I'll say three. I'll give you Brady, Rodgers, and then Matt Ryan. Big Ben? No, absolutely not. Injury prone. Relies on the two run. Two rings. Okay, Better he's got stats. two rings. What do you mean? Better stats? Yes. I mean, yeah. when he's not hurt. Yeah, when he's not hurt. That's what I said. Injury prone. He never plays. Okay. Let's move on because you're just saying blasphemous stuff right now. Just remember, I got the Patriots right in the Super Bowl. That's fine. I got the over. All right, Dave. You got anything else to say? <sighs> Man, not really. Good Lord. Y'all covered everything. Uh, I mean, I'll agree about the overtime rules. I think it's ridiculous the way that the NFL does things. I like the whole put it on the 40-yard line, uh, make them have to go for two after uh, one round of OT. But other than that, I mean, there's not much else to say about the game that wasn't already covered. Uh, you know, Patriots just did their thing, came back, made Matt Ryan and the boys uh, look like children at the end. So that's all there is to say. Hats off to Bilicek, hats off to Tom Brady. I'm tired of talking about the Super Bowl. Let's uh, get a little sponsorship in here and move on to something else. Controversy yes. U is brought to you by Johnson's Kitty Litter. Your kitty will love it. It's 100% kitty approved. Only $19.69 at your local retail store. Use promo code Controversy U for a 10% discount. And that discount is good online or in stores, if I'm not mistaken. So on to our final discussion of the evening. I want to get into a little Clemson basketball talk, and more specifically, the future of Brad Brownell with his program. Um, I know there's been a lot of speculation going around. He needs to get fired right now. We need to give him two or three more years. I know the fact that he didn't have a home court last year and had to play in Greenville has been a big issue for some folks. Uh, Mike J., being that y'all are both big Clemson fans, give me your take. What needs to happen to turn things around for Clemson basketball? Yeah, at first I was a big Brad Brunell fan. Uh, He's really good at X's and O's. Thought he was going to turn the program around. And when I say turn the program around, I mean just regularly get to the NCAA tournament, which Purnell, uh, you know, did. But he's just not having success. At first, I backed him. Uh, kind of like Jack Laggett with uh, baseball. This kind of reminds me of the same thing. It's kind of a mirror image of the same situation. We got rid of Jack, and we won ACC championship last year in basketball – or in baseball. And this year, we're top ten right now. But I just think, bottom line, he hadn't got the job done. Once again, if you would have asked me same question this time last year, I would have told you we should keep him. Um, but he's had the new facility. He can 
recruit on the promise of us having the new facility because we had to play in Greenville last year. His recruiting has been stagnant the whole seven years he's been here. I think he's got two four-star players to join with us, and one is in this coming class. So only one four-star in seven years. No ranked no ranked top 25 basketball team in seven years. And he's gotten one NCAA tournament appearance, and that's with Purnell's players his very first year with, I want to say, uh, Stitt and Grant at the point guard and center position. He's just not getting it done. I think at Clemson, too, we have got to have a recruiter to coach basketball. Let's face it, Jay, Clemson's a ba- – can we go out? Clemson and get a, is a football school. Can we go? You know, I I agree with that, hundred percent. So to get players to come here for basketball, you have got to recruit. You referenced baseball. Can we go out and get a Monty Lee though, for basketball? Yes, we should go all in on Greg Marshall. Seriously? Yes, he Marshall? coached Winthrop. Yes, Marshall is is overqualified to coach at Clemson. He won NCAA tournament games. He did something Brad Brunell couldn't do at Winthrop University, and now he's gone to Wichita State balling out every single year. We need to throw all our chips in Greg Marshall. Okay, so wait. He grew up in Greenwood. So Brownell's had, Brown had seven years, right? Correct. So name me. Hold up, hold up, hold up. You want to keep him? Yes. A guy that's made the tournament one time in seven years, not with his players. You referenced the facility. I referenced a lot of good points. The facility was one of them. You referenced the facility. Now, when was that completed? This past year. Okay. So, as a recruiting point, when was he able to use that? When the West End Zone was being built, did Dabo not use that to his advantage? I mean... Maybe the kids couldn't see the future. Maybe he couldn't project. So, let's put it this way. Keep Brownell for this year. His buyout goes from three and a half million to three. So let's say we buy him out, we pay him three million, three million, and then we go out and get another coach. How much are we going to be able to pay that new coach? Money is out of the question. Okay, so X's and O's coach, can we? We find talking Ipte in three million? That ain't nothing. <laughs> X's and O's coach, can we go out and get a better X's and O's coach? Yes, Greg Marshall. You think Greg, Mar- Greg Marshall? Did you a know X's and O's coach than Brownell? That's absolutely ridiculous. Okay, did you know all about Oliver Purnell's history before he came? To Coach Clemson, did you know anything about Oliver Purnell? No. We're not some college, you know, basketball uh, savants where we know all these top assistant coaches. These guys, what they do is they pay, uh, they outsource their process to find good quality candidates to a firm that does this for a living. I'm sure they can provide a list okay. of top candidates. Jerron Blossom Sometimes game. change is necessary. Jerron Blossom game. Second round NBA player. Second round NBA player. Yeah. Could have gone in the draft this year. Excellent player. Yeah. Okay, I'll give you this. Gabe DeVoe should not as pl- not play as much. I think that um, we've got a good we've got a good backcourt and a good front court with the transfers that we've gotten, which goes to his recruiting. But I don't think we should fire him this year. I think we give him one more year because he's So you do realize the best player and really the only NBA player on Clemson's roster is leaving this year, and you're saying they're going to be better next year without him? Or are you saying give him one more year? Sheldon Mitchell and Thomas are elite players, and they will show that next year. So if they're going to be elite a year from now, how come they're not good right now? Okay, so let's switch conferences. If we're not in the ACC, are we 4-9 and right now? No, no, we're not. Good Lord, no. 
Exactly. If we're in the SEC, we're, we're probably in the best third behind Kentucky NCAA and Florida. basketball. We're in the best conference in NCAA basketball. We lost to Duke by two, took North Carolina to overtime. So we're there. But I will say the ACC, though, you know, they have a lot of good teams, but, you know, all of them are beatable. They don't have a great team with two or three NBA players on it that, you know, you're just not going to beat. Clemson can beat any one of these teams ACC on a given night. A- ACC team wins the national title this year. I will See, I think there's better that. teams out there because I think the best team in the ACC is Florida State. I, I, I agree 100%. But and I don't think that team's Florida winning State, the natty. Florida, Florida State is absolutely beatable. Georgia Tech beat them, I believe. But, I mean, I think Clemson wins out. In their last five games, they're in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> Hold on. Say Clemson wins out the last five games? Yes. In basketball. You know, they're 4-9 yes. and nine right now in conference. I think they have to play Florida State again. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we have the schedule in front of us, but, I mean, we could play Wake Forest and Georgia Tech on a back-to-back, which wouldn't have because we've already played Wake twice, and we I still Georgia wouldn't Tech. put money on that. Boston College. We'll probably beat Boston College. Dave, your walls are thin. Well, let man. me tell you, Florida State's beating us. They're a better team than us. I mean, but you just said that they're not – that they're beatable. You just Every said they were going to win five games in a row, Jay. They already won Don't one. look at me they with those crazy night. eyes. They, they, they won last Five night. games in a row, they the way Wake they've been Forest playing last this year. Night. They beat Wake Forest last Thank night. Thank you. They beat Wake Forest in a high-scoring game, okay? They have Virginia Tech left, who's a better team than them. You know, these are winnable games besides Miami – and Florida State. I can go ahead and tell you, you think Miami's not a winnable game? That's at Miami. And let me tell okay. you, Clemson's defense is still sorry. Wake Forest, everyone says Clemson okay. had a great game. They gave up 83 points to Wake Forest. Defense is On sorry. A, in, in a win. In a win. Wake Forest has taken uh, – what did they take? They took North Carolina to the last two minutes. So it's not like we're playing a bad team. Every team in the ACC is a good team. On any given night, a team can lose because every team in the ACC is good. Period. We have a bad, we have a bad record in so a good conference. Is what, what you're saying. It's not our team. It's not our conference. It's coaching. Is that what you're saying? No. We should, we should be around 6-7, six 7-6 and seven, seven and six right now. Okay. To be 4-9 and nine is unacceptable. We're twelfth out of fifteen. So, do I mean, you think Clemson basketball is twelve out of fifteen teams? I that's think coaching. That we've played. I think he been played, recruiting, and I think a part of the reason why he doesn't recruit is because the style of play of, that he's been of playing Syracuse, with. The past which I'll give years. you outside of Syracuse, which is coaching. Jate should have never dumped down and tried to take a charge. I've never. Brunel said he thought a guy was in whenever he wasn't in. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, why would you even say that to the press? But yes, he had our seven foot. Thick-footed guy trying to run down a screener off a and pick and roll. Leave a three-point shooter open. I agree. Correct. I agree with that. But all right, so he, he misses that. that huddle, he though. misses that shot. He misses that shot. We make a couple free throws. We're six and seven. Six and seven. But we're not. I mean, let's don't play the if game. They're fourteen and eleven overall. Why not play? You're you're talking about playing the who's who of coaches game, like going to Greg Marshall. Like I would like to step into reality and talk about what the record actually is. Okay, so fourteen and eleven. They're fourteen and eleven, and they're four and nine in the ACC. So they've That's lost why I like nine. To focus they've on. Lo- they've lost nine games in the ACC. I'll say four, maybe five of those should have won. Should have won. Duke. Made it, they made a play and scored at the end of it and and they won but they went to they went to Duke 
and only lost by two points. Syracuse, they had the game won. North Carolina, they make a couple free throws, they win. So we're there. We're there. We're just not – it's not a win yet. You know what I'm saying? Well, so, we're not there because we're 4-9. and nine. And riddle me this. If we're so close to winning all these games, it seems like that's a pattern of this team. Um, so is that coaching? Is that our players playing crappy down the stretch? You know, what do you contribute that to? Because I see that as a pattern. I think that their decision-making when it comes down to the last – five minutes has been sub didn't you say Sheldon Mitchell was a really good player I think he's a good they're decision elite, maker he's our players. point guard yeah they're elite players him and Thomas are elite players they're I don't not th- elite I don't think that Jate they're not going to the pros Thomas, Thomas will go to the pros 100% no he won't absolutely are you kidding me he scores like six points a game right now right now that's because he plays 20 minutes I mean it took him all year to beat out City Jate Oh, good Lord. Are we really going to get into that? That's absolutely ridiculous. So he should be playing. Okay, so I'll give you that it's a coaching decision that that Thomas is not playing more. But Shelton Mitchell, Blossom Game, Thomas, I don't think Gabe DeVoe should play as much, even though he's had he's hit some good shots lately. If Clemson wins five games, five games, we're in the NCAA tournament. And then, you know, ACC tournament. What if they make a run there? We're, then we're in the NC. What you're asking for as a coach, we're there. If we do this, we're there. What you're asking for as a coach. So if we're close to that or if we're this far from making it, why not keep him for one more year and save $500,000? His $500,000 in anything to the lovely University of Clemson. I mean, I agree. Cause and why have the program – stall for one more year when you can create some kind of buzz for the fans what's greg marshall gonna do if you go around year? in conference games what's during greg the Ma- week those stadiums the new stadium co- is halfway full we're not playing exciting basketball we're not doing anything to excite the fans except losing games so if if we change coaches how long do you give him before we start wanting to fire him we need someone to recruit i'll tell you what i'll give him six years of not making the tournament before i fire him which is exactly what Brownells had. Okay, Six so years of not the making the he tournament. He made the tournament in the first year and hadn't made it since, right? It's Clemson basketball. I would love to make the tournament one out of every four or five years. And I don't okay. think that's really hard to have. And you have to hold Clemson basketball to a higher standard. Because if your standard is the not to make the tournament, but one out of every seven years, then our program ain't going to get our any better. not that. I'm saying that. The fans have got to raise the standards on our basketball program. Okay, so. And baseball is the best. And soccer is the best. And football is the best. The facilities are the best. The recruiting's the best. The coaches are the best. How come we don't have the same standards across the board? So you think that. Greg Marshall would be our Monty Lee to baseball. I think he would be a better hire than Monty Lee was to baseball. Greg Marshall would be the number one coach to come to Clemson. I don't get that. I don't get that at all. Because we're playing in the best league in football. Or in ba- in basketball. The best league in NCAA football. Look up his tournament record. At Winthrop, he beat Notre Dame. There's Mike Bray. In Wichita State, he's been to the Final Four. I'm pretty sure he beat some good teams along the way that year. I just it listen, goes man. Back, the guys from goes, Greenwood, show him some love. It goes back to your argument about not blaming the refs. Why do we? Why do you know when City when City Jose made that made that play where he took the charge? Okay, I'll give you that. You don't give up the three as a coach. You're telling him. Absolutely guard the three-point line. We'll take him to overtime. We'll win this game. Absolutely that. But every other 
game? Has he not, coaching-wise, been in the game with an opportunity to win it? Yes, and what has that gotten us over the span of seven years? We need a recruiter first and foremost. But you're not going to get this is Clemson basketball in the ACC. Clemson is well, we need not two a things. household name because you, you've got Duke, you've got North Carolina, and heck, people are going to go to NC State before they come to Clemson. Like you're absolutely right. But can we not hit a freaking home run once every couple years? And we need two things. Our style we, of play okay. has to get better. We have got to be up and down team. We have got to be more offensive to get these high-end recruits to want to come to Clemson who's the guy so when they step on campus, they can drop buckets and score points. Who was the guy that was a bust a couple years ago? Milton Jennings. Milton Jennings, absolute bust. Four-star guy, absolute bust. Did not play any sort of anything like that. And that's one of the things. You, two four-stars in the span of his recruiting. Okay, well, one of them has exceeded expectations, and the other one is an absolute bust. He's probably playing in the D-League somewhere. So you can't, you can't base it on – coaching because you sell out for that player you sell out for that player and he's going to do this for your team he's but what this if this year what if there's a Monty Lee out there that we could hire and we pass it up to give Brad Brunel another year okay so what if so so if you're taking this stance then we still have Jack Leggett and we're still winning 30 games and barely getting to NCAA regionals so if it feels up to you Jack Leggett would still be coaching Clemson and Armani Lee wouldn't have been hired. It's the same situation. We baseball have a, is we have a, more, baseball is much more managerial than anything. So basketball is about X's and O's, getting the right player, getting getting. Feels about position. X's and O's. Brunel would be good. It's about recruiting kids to come to a school that's not known for basketball. Brunel is good. He is good. Yeah. At recruiting or X's and O's? X's and O's. Of course. We're He's not an arguing there. Coach. But I would argue so, you need more of a recruiter than a guy to coach X's and O's at a school like Clemson. You need so, so what we we add him on as a like a support staff. We add on Greg Marshall as no, a No, we fire staff? him, we pay him out, and then he goes and goes back and coaches at UNC Wilmington again. Okay, so let me ask you this. Texas coach a couple years ago, Rick Barnes, we brought him in. And then we let go of him. Uh, is he a bad coach, or was he unable to perform at Clemson? Why was he unable to perform at Clemson? I think he had one coaching? or two good years at Clemson. Okay, what's a good year for you? What's a good year for Brad Brunel? Makes a good year for Clemson basketball is to make the tournament. Okay, March Madness. I so want if to they dance. make the tournament this year, does he stay? Yes, of course. Okay, so he stays. But if he doesn't make the, AC, doesn't make the Ooh, NCAA tournament. Which he's not. Then yeah, you fire him. Okay, and let's so not pretend rallies, like three million so dollars is a the lot. Troops, rallies the troops, wins. Let's say let's say four out of five games. Loses at loses in overtime to Florida State. Wins every other game. Makes a deep run. Maybe gets to the ACC championship. <laughs> not this year. Not happening. You're talking about winning five games in a row and going to the ACC okay, championship. What's harder? What's harder? Tournament. Winning the NCAA tournament or winning the ACC championship? Winning the NCAA tournament. Why? Because I believe there's more games, and you are playing three to four really good teams, depending on your drawing, once you get to the Sweet 16 in. And once you get to the Final Four and the Elite Eight, you're playing really good basketball teams that have beaten really good teams okay. three games I in a row. That. What, like SF Austin or something like that, some upset team that's nobody's heard of? Hey, if you play them in the Sweet 16, they beat two pretty good teams, Stephen F. <laughs> I mean, I understand that, but 
ACC tournament, you're playing good teams throughout. You're Brad playing, your Brunel first game, your first needs game, to go. He whether is it's blah. Wake, whether it's Wake blah. Forest, whether it's NC State, whether whoever, the first game is going to be a test. And it's going to be – do you think that NC State in the – it was 82 that um, that Valvano won it? Was it 82? Do you think that t- – I mean, do they should he have fired Valvano? Should they have fired Valvano if he is done with that, or do they give him another year? Is it arguably the story of the I mean, story of the century? I mean, that if Valvano Brad won a championship, I mean, if Brad gets me a championship, he can stay here for life. Okay, so you're saying that one championship gives you tenure for life? And basketball for Clemson? Hell yeah. Okay, what about an ACC championship? Lord no. Lord, no. I mean, that keep you tenure for a couple years, but it's all about the dance. It's all about postseason play. When you're in, it's all about banners. All right, this is this is this is my final this is my final say on this because seven years. Okay, he's had enough time to build a program. I, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Recruiting wise, he's had enough time to build a program, but he has had one bus, which was Milton Jennings, and then the other one. Um, what's the guy that played last year? KJ McDaniel. He's a beast. He's playing in the NBA. So he's another recruit that's done well for him. And now you've got Jerron Blossom game. And he's gotten a couple of um, transfers and everything. But this is the final thing that I'll say. And I think we keep Brownell until next year. Keep him through next year. So through this year, his buyout's like three and a half. Through next year, I'm sure it goes down even more. But we keep him through that. Because you can't, in the best conference in NCAA basketball, you can't blame everything on coaching, period. Because you're playing great teams night in and night out, period. And there's no, there, there's no arguing with that because they are great teams. Yeah, you say Wake Forest. Oh, yeah, well, we beat Wake Forest. We gave up 83 points to Wake Forest. Wake Forest is a good team. Every ACC team is a good team. So we're there. We're there, and I say we give him one more year just to put the nail in the coffin. If he's at the same place that we're at next year, I say fine, get rid of him. But I think I think with how good the ACC has panned out this year, and ESPN's even talking about him like they're just the SEC in football. So give him one more year. If he gets the team there and is winning games, absolutely, 100%. Keep, it's a good decision to keep him. If not, if we're at the same position, I think we make that decision for Greg Marshall or whoever you want. I think one more year is what he's earned. Yeah, my take uh, before we all wrap this up is we need to go ahead and get rid of him. Um, you know, and Brad, if you're listening out there to us, which I hope you are, you know, you kind of hurt me this year, man. You know, a lot of the disappointed fans is a result of the expectations. We're supposed to make the tourney, Brad. We got an NBA player. We got three transfers. All of them are pretty good. Reed's dropping 20 off the bench. Mitchell's getting five or six and assist a game. Um, and, you know, we expected to make the tournament. And then now I'm sitting here and I'm, and I'm looking at a four and nine record. Brad, you let me down, man. So you let me down. After, it's because of the expectations. So after, you let him go. You go all in on Greg Marshall. If he don't want to come, then you get somebody else. You create some buzz. Let's try to sell out Little John. Let's move to a different style of play for the fans. Um, we need a recruiter first and foremost. 
and Brad Brunel is not getting the job done. Once again, one out of seven years, one NCAA tournament appearance. So if with Oliver Brunel's place. So basically, what you're saying, what you're saying is Brownell has had, let's let's call it in football, a ten and two season where we lose to Florida State and maybe well we're not gonna lose to South Carolina. Do you know how old David Douglas is? I mean, Clemson basketball wasn't good. The last time they were good, they had Purnell, and David was still in school. <laughs> David, got anything to say on that? Yeah, do you, jackass? First of all, if I'm in school when Purnell is there, I'm obviously not that old. And second of all, if we're we're the same age, so congratulations, you played yourself. Good debate either way. Um, I'm gonna give the round to Mike if for nothing else other than his argument style. Uh, Jay, I do think a lot of the points you make are valid, and you may be right. Maybe we do need to reevaluate at the end of next year and see where the program is at that point. But I do agree with Mike in several areas, too, uh, namely that he hasn't gotten the job done up until now and that it seems like we're going to need to change it up to a high-energy recruiting mindset type of coach to come in here and get this program jump-started to where we think it needs to be. Uh, So congrats to Mike. I'm going to make you our second-round winner and I got to be honest, I'm just on pins and needles waiting to hear what juicy topic you're going to hit us with in your rant. So, uh, Mike, congratulations. What do you got to say? And now the king has his throne. Still down. Um, I would like to say another beef uh, for my final words. Uh, this goes out to all those IPA uh, hipsters. Hey, bro, let's go to the brewery on a Friday night. You know, get a burger. It goes really good with this Pilsner. Um, yeah, I mean, let's just drink bourbon. Because I feel like whenever he said, hey, bro, do you want an IPA? And whenever I said, no, I'm just going to get a bourbon and Coke, I feel like, you know, you kind of look over me a little bit. You know, you kind of hold your nose in the air. Oh, my God. He doesn't drink craft beer. No, I don't drink ca- craft beer. After two of them, it gives you a crazy headache. It fills you up. I don't know... What possesses anyone to sit there all day at a brewery for six hours and drink that beer? I just don't get it. And quit making yourself like you're a better person because I don't drink craft beer. And I'm done. Hashtag March on IPA. All right. It's Mad Mike and Jay Keller signing out. Dave, take it away. All right, guys. Thanks for another awesome episode of Controversial You. Again, I'm your host, David Douglas, here with Mad Mike and Jay Keller. We hope you enjoyed the broadcast and that you'll tune in again with us next time for more of the most controversial subjects in sports today. This is Controversial You signing out. Peace.